Welcome to the Pascal Way Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered with knowledge that will cause you to rise up and become who God wants you to be. Today's message is Signs of Demonic Activities. Freedom from Demons, Part 2. Hallelujah. Our foundational scripture, John 8.36. Therefore, if the Son sets you free, or if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I would like to encourage you to not just be free. Be free indeed. There's a difference. There's a difference. There are levels of freedom, but complete and total freedom is indeed freedom. So don't get tired of wanting to be free. Don't get satisfied with little degrees of freedom. Do you understand? I was telling you last week that we celebrated on the 27th of April Freedom Day in our country. And that was political freedom. But we realized quickly after that 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 freedom was not enough, which has given rise to the EFF, Economic Freedom Fighters. Because, you see, we had a degree of freedom, but before we realized, it was not freedom indeed. So some people have reason to say, no, we thank God for that political freedom, but it's not enough. You too, you must realize that the freedom you have is not enough. Jesus wants to set you free indeed. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but that is what I'm interested in. I, I want God to free me totally. Freedom from my past freedom from my issues, freedom from all these things that have delayed my life. I want to not just be free, but I want to move forward. Do you understand? So, for example, you can forgive somebody and not forget. You are still not free. You are free, but not completely. But when you forgive and you forget, now you are free indeed. And when you forgive, you forget, and you move on, now you are really free indeed. So there are dimensions of freedom. And I guess in this series, this month, God is just trying to get us to be free. I believe to some degree, some demons have left your life. But you might be surprised that some are still in there. There are other things that are still in there. So don't quickly close the page and say, I mean, I don't have demons. You see, so just open your heart and say, you know what, maybe I can learn something this morning. Praise God. So last week we saw that we are not alone on earth. I would like to encourage you to go back and listen to that message. It's entitled Demon's Origins. The Lord led me to lay on the platter the origins of demons. Where do they come from? They are very different types of beings. So we saw last week that we are not alone on earth. We saw that we have angels down here. Praise God. That's good news. We saw that we have fallen angels down here. 
We have Satan down here. And we have demons down here. And we saw that demons live in people. Matthew 12 verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man. So that reveals that unclean spirit live in men. Inside of them. Then we also saw that demons live inside believers. That's why a believer does not mean you cannot be inhabited. You are a house. You can be inhabited. I mean, it's very clear from the book of Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They do believe, but the demons are still there. So now that they believe, they are empowered not only to speak in tongues, but to also drive out these demons that are in them. So if you're going to drive out demons, it means they are there. And you are a believer. Mark 1.23 Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. The guy was in the church, but he had a demon inside of him. So I guess it is clear that demons do live in believers. I want to give you a list of 24 demons that are very common in believers. Because you might not believe what I'm saying. Like maybe you are thinking, Pastor, I don't think I have a demon. Well, look at this quickly. Number one, the spirit or the demon of the love of the world. That is a demon that comes on believers and makes them to love the world. Not God. Not the things of God. Do you understand? So it's a spirit You know, Paul says we do not receive the spirit of this world, but the spirit that is from above. So there is a spirit of the world, and that it makes you to love the world. That is a demon that is very active on believers. Maybe you didn't know. Another demon is a demon of lies and deception. Very active on believers. The demon of laziness and slumber. Very active on believers. I'm showing you demons that practically are in believers. And they move with them. They control them. The demon of fear and intimidation. Very much at work. Intimidation is the reason why you are unable to use your gifts in the church. It's the reason why you're unable to go for outreach. It's the reason why you are holding back. The man who couldn't develop his talent say, I was afraid. So it's the demon of, of intimidation and fear, the demon why churches remain undeveloped. Ministries remain undeveloped. They play a powerful role in believers. I mean, I don't think that God could have taken a, a talent and give it to an unbeliever. He gave this thing to people who were with him. And one of them had fear in him. And wickedness too. Demons of wickedness. 
The demons of laziness and slumber I've mentioned that the demons of fear and intimidation, the demons of sexual sin, fornication, adultery, pornography, masturbation, flirting, lusting, homosexuality, lesbianism, and the list goes on. You will not believe this is actively in the church. The demon of doubt and unbelief. The demon of jealousy and envy. I'm saying these are demons that you commonly, you might not easily find the demon of crime, like killing people and stuff like that. But there are other demons that operate very well in the church. You might not easily find the demon of smoking and drinking. They are there, but not not that strong. I mean, I'm talking about our churches. But these ones, The demon of rebellion against authority. The demon of disloyalty and familiarity. The demon of pretense and cover up. The demon of rejection. The demon of bitterness. The demon of impatience and discouragement. The demon of unforgiveness. The demon of hatred and anger. The demon of division, accusation, the demon of gossip and slander. Do you see all these things I'm mentioning to you? These are things that are very present on people that raise their hands and worship. The demon of fault finding, the demon of pride. The demon of self-righteousness. The demon of respectability. This is the demon that makes you to not go for outreach. It makes you to not dance before the Lord with freedom. It makes you to not not do certain things. You are too respectable. You are too... The demon of selfish ambitions. And the demon of depression. These are 24 evil spirits. I'm sure there are more. I just, those are the ones that I could come up with. But there are more. So I hope when I'm not saying that demons can live in Christians, you are not just thinking of somebody rolling down and and, and foaming. No, these are the guys that we are talking about. Tell your neighbor now and understand what is going on with these cities. I mean, the thing is coming home. Then there are demons that live in pastors and shepherds. By, by the way, by the way, all the demons I've mentioned now, pastors are struggling from them too. Do you get it? But when you grow in authority and in responsibilities, certain demons start taking a liking in you specifically. Hmm? John 6, verse 70 to 71. Jesus answered them, Didn't I, did I not choose you, the twelves? Yet one of you is the devil. I said, one of you has a demon. Jesus is saying to his people, I'm the one who chose all of you. One of you has a demon inside him. So it's very possible that a pastor is demonized. You will remember in the book of Job chapter 1, 
the sons of God appear before the Lord. There comes Satan also in the same meeting. I mean, if Satan can attend a meeting in heaven, what makes you think Satan cannot enter a pastor? If he can enter heaven to, to attend meeting, and God has to be the one to spot him. Luke 9, 54 to 56. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Just as Elijah did. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Jesus rebuked James and John and said, you guys, another spirit has taken control. This type of thoughts you are having now, this type of things you are now beginning to want to do, something has shifted in you, my friend. Even though you are working with me, I mean, G, uh, Peter, not so long ago, thou the Christ, the Son of the living God, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. A few seconds earlier, get thee behind me, Satan. So it is very clear a pastor can encounter demons. And that demons do live in pastors too. And shepherds. Twelve major demons that live in pastors. Number one, the spirit of self-promotion. Self-promotion. Self-acclamation. Self-open doors. Self-elevation. That is the first thing. The moment you start rising in God, that spirit starts taking a liking in you. Start exciting you to promote yourself. To elevate yourself. To not anymore be happy with the place where you are. To want to rise a bit higher. To want to come out a bit stronger. To want to appear more. To want to be known. To want to show that you have power. Self-promotion. That's one major thing that awaits a shepherd, a shepherdess, a pastor. Number two, the spirit of lust. A pastor is very, very much attacked by lust. Even though he doesn't tell you. He will be acting holy. Meanwhile, he's not okay. <laughs> he's praying and interceding with fire. Things are not working out. These are spirits that take a liking on pastors. Because they like that charisma. They want to do something with it. You understand? Number two, the spirit of pride. When God starts using them, when they start getting a bit of results, Pride comes and offers itself. The spirit of insecurity and competition. Many pastors are insecure. Many shepherds are competitive. They fight among themselves. Not the pastors at ABC. Not the shepherds at ABC. We're talking about, we're talking about some pastors and shepherds from other churches. The demon of the fear of man that's the demon that makes the shepherd to never preach the message God wants him to preach. He's afraid to say what God wants him to say. 
He respects this one too much. He fears that one. He fears that one. He can never, he can never say things the way God wants him to say them. The fear of man. It controls him. These are the demons that make that shepherd and that pastor ineffective in the delivery of his assignment. I mean, imagine he's struggling from self-promotion. He's struggling with the sisters. He's struggling <laughs> with pride. Now he's struggling with insecurity and competition. Now he's also got fear of man. You see how he's going down in power. Then he's also struggling from the demon of jealousy and envy. Every time he sees another pastor that is doing well, he becomes jealous. When he sees the poster of a program, he's jealous. When he sees other members from other churches, the car of the other pastor in the mall, he's jealous. The demon of hurt and bitterness. A pastor goes through a lot of hurt in his lifetime. Many people will disappoint him. Many people will betray him. Many people will take advantage of him. Many people will abuse his time. So those things bring hurt in the pastor. And demons are drawn by hurt and wounds. Just like in the natural, lions flow, follow blood. If an animal is injured, that animal doesn't have to make a lot of noise. As the blood is dripping, the other predators are drawn and they, are, they smell that blood and they are drawn to that place. And that's how it is in the realm of the spirit. When you are hurt, you are bleeding and your bleeding attracts demonic activity. They, they are drawn to the, to, the, to the wounds, especially wounds that are not healing, especially wounds that you don't want to let them heal. Those wounds are drawing them and they come and they start infecting the wound. And the simple wound is now a big ulcer and it's becoming a cancer. Before you realize that pastor is no more preaching the word. He's preaching his head. Satan has successfully removed him from the calling of God. That shall never be the story of any of us in the name of Jesus. That's why the Bible encourages us to forgive. Never allow wounds in your heart that you cannot forgive. It draws demons. It attracts. Listen to me. Wounds and hurt attracts demons. Especially wounds that are not healing. In the sea. As soon as you are bleeding, sharks are drawn. They, they can be miles and miles away. But the moment you start bleeding, you start attracting bigger problems than your wounds. Like, you are already having wounds, but what you are attracting now that you don't want to heal is a bigger problem than the one you have. Because when the shark arrives, the wounds will be bigger. The pain will be more. You can even die. When the lion arrives to the place where you are bleeding, your condition will become worse. And that's what happens when demons finally get to you. With your wounds that you don't want to allow to heal. May we allow God to heal our wounds. Don't stay with wounds in your heart. Don't say I will never forgive. It's a mistake. 
Your wounds are drawing demons. The spirit of religion and that tradition, just religious pastors, they can easily become religious. They are no more spiritual. They are just going with the flow of things they learn. They know how to make things look like God is there. The spirit of the love of money. A lot of pastors have out of the ministry because they love money too much. The member that gives more, that member can never be corrected. That member can never be brought under control. Then you start having favoritism. You find people, servants of God, that lie to get money. It's a demon, mammon, comes and sits on the man of God, makes him give false prophecies. Just think that people will like and they will pay. The demon of discouragement. Because the nature of ministry is such that it's not easy to see results. Discouragement can come and sit on you as a shepherd of God, as a servant of God. May you never be discouraged. May you find strength in the presence of God. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew, shall renew. So never become too busy to see God. Never become too busy to pray. Never become too tired to pray because you will be overpowered by discouragement. May that never be your portion. The spirit of depression. You know, I heard that in America, many pastors kill themselves. They just depress. Do you, did you know that the work of a pastor is the second most difficult work in the world after the work of a pilot? Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Pastoring people after being a pilot as the most dangerous job on earth, the next one is pastoring. The pressure that comes with it is responsible for a lot of pastors losing their marriages, getting into addictions, all kinds of problems just to try to catch up. That's why it is so important to pray for your pastor. That's why it's so important to show appreciation to your pastor. That's why it's so important to show support to your pastor. You don't know that, you don't know what is fighting him. When you also come and add to the fight, you are just making matters worse. When your pastor has helped you, has supported you, and you can't show any form of appreciation, even just a simple message to say, thank you, pastor, for one, two, three. You, you are too tired to do that. It is his birthday. You can't even just take two words, two minutes, and just type a simple message. You are too busy to do that. Mercy. Your pastor preaches to you everywhere. You can never find a little bit of time, package something small to come and appreciate him. But he's the reason why you are doing well. Pastors look at that. They see how their children are falling apart because they are taking care of other people's children. And the other people's children don't value them. The other people's children don't care about them. They rather go and accuse them, insult them, say all kinds of things about them. That's where these heads are coming from. That's where discouragement is coming from. And when the pastor is broken, remember what the Bible says, that I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. When your pastor is broken, we will all lose. 
When you want your pastor to not do well, listen, at the end of the day, you also will not do well. That's just the reality of it. When you want your pastor to do well, it's not like you are worshipping your pastor. It's actually when you want your pastor to do well, you want you to do well. That's what you are trying to do. Because if your pastor is okay, you will be okay. He will preach better. He will teach you things that are better because his mind is at rest. But your pastor cannot preach better if he has to think about the rent. He has to think about the fire. He has to think about the school fees. He has to think about... Because you refuse to pay your tithe. You are fighting him when he is preaching. Your face is tight. You are resisting the message. You don't tight. You don't, and your face is tight. Before he realizes, he, he descends into depression. This is what's going on with pastors. These are the demons that, and they take advantage of members that misbehave. Oh yeah, if you didn't know, let me tell you. Then the last one, the spirit of laziness and slumber. A lot of pastors just become lazy. All they do is eat, watch TV, wait for the weekend, go on the internet, pull a sermon that was already preached by somebody and come and preach it. Laziness next. Because, because Pastor Link, you, you need to really have a certain heart to do ministry. If you don't have a certain heart, laziness will take you out. I mean, it's the same people you see every week. You keep coming and saying to them, God is going to bless you. Every week they come, God hasn't blessed them. And then you say, God is going to lift you. Every week they come, God hasn't lifted them. Before you realize you are discouraged, you keep telling them, God is going to bless you, God is going to lift you. You need a certain power to keep coming until God finally lifts them up. So if you are doing it in the arm of the flesh, you will be so discouraged and depressed. Because they'll just look at you, look, last week you said nothing happened. I don't know why you can't. Please, go check yourself. Are you listening to me? But last week we also realized that we have authority over all these demons you see me mentioning here. You have authority over them. Thank God we have authority over demons. Whenever you succumb to temptation, you must know it's because you didn't do what Jesus said. Just say pray. When you pray, you are empowered and when you are empowered, you have authority and you can crush them. Luke 9, 1, the Bible says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all. I like that. It means the demon of laziness, slumber, fornication, and all demons. He gave us authority over them. When demons are having authority over us, it means we are missing something from the word. They're supposed to be under us, not above us. As this word is coming this month, I pray that you realize demons are no more powerful than you. The Bible says he gave them authority over all demons. All of them. Name it, you have authority over it. Just up to you to start lining up with the word. As I will be showing you this month, submit yourself. Nobody can submit you. Until you submit you to God, you cannot resist the devil. I'll be showing you how 
that key is the key. Once you can submit, nobody has to force you. You have to submit you to God. Once you do that, God gives you authority over these guys. And they can flee from you. I see demons fleeing from your life. This morning, signs of demonic activity. Signs of demonic activity. How do I know demons are working somewhere? How do you recognize demonic activity in your life? Hmm? This is going to help you. Mark chapter 5 verse 1. It's actually a long reading. (laughs) 1 to 20. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, this is Jesus coming out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. A demon-possessed man that is running to a church service and that is worshipping. Not everybody you see worshipping is okay. This is a guy, that's why I was trying to show you that demons can inhabit people that go to church. This guy is running to Jesus and he is worshiping Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you are so great. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Meanwhile, there's a legion inside the man. He worshiped Jesus, yet he was not okay. And you know, when you come with demon, it doesn't take long if you are really in the presence of Jesus. That's why the churches have to learn to build the presence of God. You see, church is not supposed to be a show where we just come and we make a lot of noise. We make Listen, people come with serious problems. A church service must carry the presence of Jesus. When the presence of Jesus is there, even though the man was worshipping, it will not be long the demons will be revealed. And the church service is dry. People didn't prepare. Their hearts are not right. They themselves are filled with demons. And they are not dealing with the demons. The demons will just be ruling the service. You know that church service, Satan is ruling the service. I promise you, he controls the atmosphere of the whole thing. One of the signs, it's not part of our picture, but one of the signs, you know, Satan is somewhere, is disorder. 
lack of direction. The service has no head, no tail. Satan is there fully. Let, let me tell you something. The Bible says our God is a God of order. Where there is no order, Satan is there. As soon as he came down here on earth, the earth is formless, the earth is void, there's no direction. God has to come and bring order. Everywhere you see disorder, any department you see disorder, any service you see disorder, anything where you see there is no direction. Demons are there. Please, listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. Whenever you look at something, uh, people are running. And, 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 okay, so who is coming now? Okay, no, and, sorry, and, look, those things. Demons are there. And that's why these people, they come with legions and they are not set free. Because the presence of God is not there. And when the presence of God is there, the man, he cried out with, he said, you cannot worship for a long time with demons in you, where Jesus is. You cry. The man cried out with a loud voice, said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Which means that it is not the demons that led him there. Demons had no intention of him going there. Because they are not complaining, what have we to do with you? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he had said to him, come out of the man and clean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Like I showed you last week, one Legion is 6,000 demons in one human being. That has entered the doors of the church. Also he begged him earnestly that he will not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. You see, they must enter somewhere. And at once Jesus gave them the permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the head ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the... Violently. It ran down violently. You see, God, God is not a God of violence. Whenever you see violence, there are demons. A violent man, a violent woman, a violent driver. Violence. Demons are violent. Violence. Is the presence of evil spirits uncontrolled, unmanaged. They are just loose cannons. Have you seen monkeys and baboons? When they come to you and when they want to, like they see something and they want it, there is no thinking. There's no, you go first and I, no, no, no. All, at the same time, that, there's no order. As I'm saying to you, when there's no order in your service, your service has been hijacked. It's just you don't know it. That's why, you see, not, not much gets to be done in such places. People like cannot change properly. You understand? Fight for order. That's a true leader is hard. You don't tolerate nonsense. Because Satan is going to come and challenge you. And 
and the head ran violently to, down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled and they told it to the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had a legion. That man that had a legion in him and he was demon-possessed, they saw him sitting clothed and in his right mind. Now he's wearing clothes. Now he's sitting down and he's talking and making sense. Where the true power of God is, this order will stop. People will sit down. People will dress properly. Like order will come. Order will come in people's lives. And their mind will start working well. As I will show you now, let me not go ahead of myself. You see just now. And they were afraid. These guys were afraid because that was unusual. I mean, this guy, we knew him. Nobody could stop, stop him. Nobody could tame him. He was breaking chains, breaking feathers. Now he's sitting down, wearing clothes, looking cool. They were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they begged and pled with Jesus to depart from their region. This is the part that has always shocked me. The deliverance of this man, instead of these people being happy, they rather ask Jesus to leave their, their place. Because, I mean, they just felt, if this guy stays here longer, he will, he will neutralize all the powers that are here. So the demon spirits that were controlling them, urged them, let this guy go. Don't, don't let him stay here. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. The Decapolis is basically ten cities. Ten cities. This, this guy that was demon-possessed, after Jesus delivered him, he became an evangelist. And he went to preach in 10 different cities about what Jesus had done for him. So moving around the streets every day was an evangelist that was trapped by demon spirits who knew his calling and who knew that if we leave this man, 10 cities will be set free. Jesus had to come and you see, there are places you go to, God doesn't want you to touch everybody. God just wants you to touch the right person. By touching one person, they said to Jesus, go away. Jesus left. But Jesus left them with a bomb inside them. One man that was left in the city, he has preached to ten cities by the time he was done. And all marveled. 
Jesus didn't have to stay. He was there, even though he's not there. Now I want to show you how to, through this man, I want to show you because this man has 6,000 demons in him. So whatever you want to learn about demons and how their presence can be felt, I mean, this is a good candidate. I mean, he has 6,000 of them. So, I mean, I don't think it gets better than this. So if you want to understand how demons work, you, should, you study the guy. And you see what the demons did in him and through him and for him, then you will see how they operate in us. Praise the Lord. The first thing I want to remind you is that demons are disembodied beings. I told you this last week. They don't have a body. They are disembodied beings that seek to inhabit and influence human beings against the purposes of God for their lives. Are you listening to me? But now how do you know when they are somewhere? How do you know that they are in you? Because you don't see them enter. Am I speaking to you? That's why some of us didn't even know they are there until I started mentioning the names. Then they say, hey, yo, can I have got some tenants here? The work of demons is defined by their names. You can know what a demon does just by the name. Because in the spirit realm, names are not jokes. Name means something. Are you listening to me? Every demon, for example, Mark 5 verse 9, what is your name? Jesus asked. He replied, my name is Legion. And he explained why that is his name. We are many. Legion is a lot of people. So the name Legion literally describes his assignment. It's a lot of us. Therefore, unclean spirits make us unclean. That's, That's their number one job. When an unclean spirit enters you, it enters you to make you unclean. When an impure spirit enters, it's to make you impure. Are you listening to me? Like the name describes the function. When a wicked spirit enters you, it makes you a wicked man. It changes your character. I'm sure you say people say that man is a wicked man. That one is a wicked. It's not the person. There's an is a wicked spirit in the person. When an evil spirit enters the place, it makes them evil. They start doing evil things. And people start saying, this man is evil. Actually, there's an evil spirit that is manifesting to the person. If a lying spirit is there, you will lie. Any spirit. So the, and for you to know most of them, what is going on, check your life. Just check your activities. Check what you are involved with. That's who is there. You will easily know from there. Some of them make us sick. Like we have the story of the woman who had a spirit of infirmity. And she was bended down for 18 years. In the Bible you find people that had a deaf and dumb spirit. Like when a deaf and dumb spirit is somewhere, it makes the person deaf and dumb. 
So the name describes the function. Are you listening to me? Alright. I hope you understand that. So to see the demons that are working in the, 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 the branch where you are, just observe what people do. To, to know the demons that are working in your life, just observe what you yourself you do. Because their, their names is revealed through the activities. Do you understand me? Alright. But let's use the man, the madman of Gadara and let's see eight distinctive activities of demons through this man's life. Like when demons are somewhere, naturally, what happens? One, demons make people afraid. and fearful. That is the basic function of demons. Whenever they are somewhere, the first job is to make you scared, afraid, fearful. Mark chapter 5 verse 2. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs. A man with an unclean spirit. We are dealing with the madman of Gadara. Step by step quickly. The man that is coming to meet Jesus, this man that came to worship Jesus, he was coming from tombs graves. Brothers and sisters, tell me the truth. Do you see a grave as a nice place where you can go and relax? What is the number one thing that hits you the moment you see a symmetry somewhere? It's fear. Now look at what these demons did. They make the man to live there. When now you are just passing, you are already afraid. He lives there. He stays there. They make sure they instill fear. They must start with fear. After Satan was done with Adam and Eve, the first thing, fear. We were afraid. It must always be fear first. You know why? Because fear paralyzes you. Fear makes you to malfunction and the demons need you to be malfunctioning a lot so that they can have more access to you. That's why God made it clear in the book of, uh, I think, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. God has not given us the spirit. It's a spirit. It's a demon. The demon of fear God has given us the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. It's those are the three things fear paralyzes. Fear paralyzes power. Fear paralyzes confidence. And fear paralyzes good thinking. And those three things, once they are paralyzed, you become vulnerable. 
and demons can start easily operating. I'm sure you've noticed, if you are afraid, you don't think straight. You, you can easily make a wrong decision when you are afraid. And, and that's how they want it because if you are, if you are in your right mind, which, which, which the guy became later after being free from them, he was not in his right mind. Meaning the whole time he was in the wrong mind. And the wrong mind was controlled by these demons. Almost every fear is sponsored by a demon. Any fear you have, fear of the dark, fear of this, fear of that, intimidation, uh, 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 low self-esteem, all those things, they need you to be like that. Because if you are not like that, they will not have enough control. God works with faith, Satan works with fear. That's how it is. When God comes, the first thing he says, fear not, only believe. Because if you are operating with fear, you are, giving, you are giving a signal to another frequency and I cannot operate with that frequency. My frequency is faith. So you need to believe. But when you are fearing, you open another frequency. And that frequency calls certain spirits to come. So the first, when demons are somewhere, the, one of the first basic fear, you live in fear, you will always be afraid. And the more demons, the more fear. Oh. And the less the demons, the more the confidence. <laughs> you start coming out. And they don't like it, you know. They don't like it when you are very confident like that. Because then you start activating power. You start activating love. And you start having a sign. You start having the right thoughts. But as a man thinks, so is he. So they want you to think in a certain way. So you are never what God wants you to be. Right now, receive grace to break the spirit of fear permanently. And, and understand something. Fear will never be okay. Never think that fear is okay. Fear can never be okay. 365 times God says in the word, do not fear. Fear not. Don't be afraid. He keeps saying, don't be afraid because fear opens the door of the devil. That's the basic sign. These demons kept pulling him to the grave to scare him. Can you stay in the grave the whole night? Do you know what it does to you? To be surrounded with tombs and hearing owls making noise. The man is traumatized and he cannot help himself. He has to be there. They keep him in that environment so that continuously he is traumatized, he is terrified, he is afraid. And these demons also, they make sure your environment is designed in a certain way. Certain things must be there constantly to keep the fear going. Certain characters must be in your life to make you afraid. Certain people are dead specifically to remind you every time you want to become a bit confident. Hey, they quickly come to remind you you are nothing. You are zero. You can never achieve anything. But I came to tell you you are somebody. God has called you and God has a plan for your life and you are breaking out of this fear in the name of Jesus. It's time you start taking authority over that demon of fear from your life. He is the first one that comes. 
When Satan was done, that's the spirit that came first. He neutralizes the environment for the other guys to come in. Are you listening to me? Number two, demons make people do unnatural things. Luke 8 verse 27, and when he stepped out of the land, that's the same story now accounted by Luke, when he stepped out of the land, then met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. That's the same story that it's said now by Luke. Luke said this man had demons for a long time. And I was trying to tell you, angels cannot stay in a person for a long time. Now demons can stay for a long time. So they had worked on this man. Now look at what we see. And he wore no clothes. Nor did he live in a house but in the tombs. When demons are in a place for a long time, you start doing unnatural things. Hmm? Naturally, people live in houses. But when demons are somewhere, you don't live in houses. They take you to tombs. Naturally, people are supposed to cover themselves. They must, they must wear clothes. But when demons are present, you want to take off the clothes. You want to be more naked. And the more they are present, the more naked you want. Like, you want to do things that are not natural, things that it shouldn't be like that. But that's what you start doing. Where demons are, people do unnatural things. Like, you will look at something and say, no, some, this, this, this is not right. When people are, demons are present somewhere, somebody is eating, but it's unnatural. Do you understand? Like, he, he's eating abnormally. Like, we all eat, but this is not right. They drink abnormally. They dress abnormally. Like, everything is abnormal. Like, you, you ask yourself, I mean, I'm sure you've seen even people made fun of these things. Some people, can, and they call it fashion. They, they say it's fashion. People are wearing like mad people. Like they're wearing things that are just cut, cut, cut all over. It's cut, 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 cut. I mean, as you are literally naked. But for them, it's, it's okay. But other people say, but this is abnormal. This is unnatural. Today I came to tell you, the person is under heavy demonic activity. When you see unnatural things, the person is smoking unnaturally. Ten boxes in a day. It's, it's not normal. You have ten girlfriends. You have seventeen boyfriends in a month. It's not normal. Are you a prostitute? It, that cannot be. So, now, it explains prostitutes are very abnormal people. How can a woman sleep with 25 men in a day? And you say it's normal. That can never be normal, my friend. You yourself, just one round, you, it takes you like seven days before you recover yourself. But another person, 
they go big size, small size, this size, this shape, the whole day. And tomorrow they come back for more. And the next day they come back for more. Tell me that this is normal, my friend. How can that be normal? You are under heavy demonic activity, my friend. That's what is going on. Romans chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. The Bible says, For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. A natural use has not been exchanged for what is against nature. Unnatural. Meaning, a woman is supposed to naturally be with a man. That's the natural use. But now the woman has gone to another woman. Look, I'm reading the Bible. Don't go and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm just reading the Bible for you. That is unnatural. Therefore, it is sponsored by another force. You are saying, I was born this way. You were not born that way. Let me tell you something. Demons have made you that way. They've made you that way. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burn in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful. My point is when demons are working somewhere, do you understand? People start doing unnatural things. That's what they make you do. You behave unnaturally. You do things that na- even nature is showing you that's not how this is done. But even nature can show you this is not how you do this. People sleep unnaturally. You, you go to bed at, at 8. You wake up the next day at 10. And, 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 you didn't, and you didn't wake up the whole night. And you, mean, you think that's not, that's not normal, my friend. There is a spirit of slumber that is working on you. Whether you want to admit it or not, I'm not telling you it's not normal. It's not natural. Something is sponsoring that action. And here I'm adding all the addictions. They are not, they are normal. Any, pick any addiction. You are behaving towards it in a very abnormal way. And you cannot do that naturally. You need to be helped. And there are demons that are doing it. Number three, when demons are somewhere, they cause mental problems to people. Demons give people mental problems. Mark 5, 15. Then when they came to Jesus, they saw that the one that had been demon-possessed and had a legion, sitting down clothed in his right mind. When the demons left, the man became right. That tells me when demons are there, like I was saying now, 
The condition of this man was what we call schizophrenia. It is mental deficiency. In Africa, they say you are mad. That's yeah, it's just they say schizophrenia, that is just a nice way to put it. But the guy is local, he's mad. He's gone bangers. He's talking to himself, talking to people that we don't see. That's what starts happening. That's schizophrenia. And schizophrenia is not that his heart is not working, his heart is working perfect. The blood is flowing normal. Everything is perfect. The only problem, the mind. The mind. Those of you who joke with that, your thoughts, Satan understands that you can have a good heart. If you have a bad mind, you will not do well. You will not do well. You can have a perfect profile, but if the mind is messed up, you will not do well. I would like to quickly help you understand something. Satan's work, especially for born-again believers, cannot happen in the spirit. Like I showed you last week, you cannot, Satan cannot possess a child of God because a child of God is already one with Christ. So Satan has no capacity to possess you. The reason why this man was demon-possessed, remember he had, he had not yet met Jesus. So Jesus just met him, and when Jesus met him, he was demon-possessed. But a child of God cannot be demon-possessed. But like I told you, a child of God can be demon-harassed and oppressed. And those things happen in the body and in the mind. So a lot of believers, they don't understand how come they are a child of God and they are still sinning, they are still... Because you see, a child of God, it is your spirit that is saved. But your mind is still an access point to demons. They can access your mind. And as you think, so are you. So they can still get the same result of a demon-possessed person with just somebody who is harassed. Because if they can get your mind to think, as you can see now in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5, verses, and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down, pulling down strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a thought that is deeply engraved in your mind. Not easily to change. It's a stronghold. When you hear stronghold, it means it's something you are thinking about. You've thought about it so much, you now believe it. And it's not easy to change that thought. It's a stronghold. So for the believers, Satan works in the mind. Strongholds. And that is where you are fighting him. The battle is on the mind. That's where he goes. He cannot enter your spirit. He has lost that battle. But he can come to your mind. Then we have strongholds. Casting down arguments. So he's arguing with you on the mind. That's what he did with Eve. You shall not die. He's, 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 he's arguing. The mind. That's where the whole thing is happening. Don't pay your tax. Don't do this. No, nothing will happen. Are you not for pregnant? This and this. He's talking at the level of the mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where, where does knowledge take place? In the mind. So this thing is fighting you knowing God. You knowing the will of God. You knowing the plans of God. Because he's bringing another thought. Just like he did with Eve. 
bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So obedience is connected to thinking. When you are unable to obey God in one area or the other, it's because you are being having you are having arguments in the mind. And those arguments are sponsored by demon spirits. Second Corinthians 4 4. Whose mind the God of this world has blinded? The God of this world has blinded their minds. See, he works in the mind. He works in the mind. He blinds the minds. Hmm? So when demons are somewhere, you, you see, you might never see the person jump and roll. No, 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 no. Look, they understand that you cannot do those ones. They'll go to your mind. They work in the mind. They set traps. They fix things in your mind the way you think. And that's become how you live. You will come to a service, charge up. As soon as you come out of the one thought, you are back. Hmm? That's why we encourage you. How do you fight Satan in your mind? Even I'm going to say that at the end. But that's why we encourage you to listen to the word of God. That's why we encourage you to surround yourself with the word. There's no way to fight Satan than through the word. The Bible says that the word is the spirit. The sword of the spirit is the word. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It is the word that can enter your mind and separate the soul from the spirit. Those of you who don't read your Bibles, who don't meditate, who don't listen to podcasts, who don't come to church, you are infested with devils, I'm sorry to tell you. Because you are thinking that being a child of God means you are safe. Look, your spirit is safe. If you die, you're going to heaven. But as long as you're down here, they're going to fight. Your only rescue is the word of God, the light that fights darkness. So if you are not getting light in, darkness is controlling you. And that's why you see believers, they come to church, but they are still sleeping around. They come to church, but they are still doing this. The problem is not that they are not, they are believers, but they are believers with demons inside. They haven't cast the demons out. And some of these demons, you don't cast them out and say, in the name of Jesus, come out. Those ones don't come out like that. Even Jesus says, these kinds, there are different kinds. Certain kinds, they only go out with light. Light from the word. When you come to know the truth, the truth makes you free. If you don't know the truth, you will not be made free, even if you're praying. Number four. Demons cause people to live in isolation. Luke 8, 27. And when he stepped out of the land, there were met him a, ma- a certain man from the city who had been who had had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in tombs. Isolation. Demons make you to isolate yourself. 
the same rendering I think Luke 8 29 for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for he, he it had often seized him he was kept under guard bound with chains and shackles and he broke the bounds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness driven by the demon where into the wilderness uh, do people live in the wilderness isolation 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 demons must isolate you remember demons operate like animals animals cannot attack a head they wait for the one person that isolates itself then the lions go for that one isolation people that are always excluding themselves it's the work of the evil spirits maybe you didn't know let me tell you today always in your room don't talk to anybody don't communicate with anybody living a quiet life you are all, I mean I know you are an introvert but it is unnatural it, there's, there's, there's a level that it becomes unnatural they don't talk oh no this is the work of evil spirits they are isolating you when, when Satan entered Judah the next thing Judas left the group isolation You always want to be different. You always want to do things differently. You never want to be part of the group. That independent spirit is the work of evil spirits. You are always isolating yourself. You are always going on the side. You don't join the rest of the group. After the service, you stand by yourself alone. Huh? You don't talk to this one. You don't talk to that one. In the meetings, you come late. You always want to be different. Isolation. They like you isolated because then they can work on you better. They like you to isolate. They like you to isolate. When pastor says we are working the TMG, you don't do the TMG. You do something else. They want you to isolate so that you are not under that grace. Then they can easily control you. They can easily control you. Isolation. Number five, demon makes people destroy themselves. Mark 5, 5. And always night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Nobody is cutting him. He's taking stones and he's cutting himself. And I think we've seen it live. People will be taking razors, cutting themselves. People will be taking knives, cutting the veins. Do you think it's normal? When demons are somewhere, you will destroy yourself. They make you destroy your lungs. They make you destroy something in you. And nobody will be doing it to you. You will be doing it to yourself. You destroy yourself. They make you do things that destroy you. They make you do things that destroy your ministry. They make you do things that destroy your future. 
and nobody is doing it, you are doing it yourself. My God. Father, deliver us from self-distraction. Deliver us from self-distraction, Father. Oh my God. These things we do that are destroying us. Destroying us. You know the things you are doing. And you are doing them. You hide yourself. Oh. You hide yourself to destroy yourself. Can you believe it? You go and hide. And you start killing yourself. So, you see, first of all, they isolate you. And then they say, take the, take the stones. Start cutting. You start cutting yourself. Eh? You are there by the corner, destroying yourself with evil thoughts. Destroying yourself, destroying your mind by the things you are watching. You can never create with those things that you are watching like that. And they make you watch that. To destroy yourself. To destroy your ministry. To destroy your future. To destroy your marriage. People that are masturbating, you are destroying your future marriage. Because the marriage cannot keep up with that. But you are destroying yourself and you are, you are not aware. The work of demons. My God. They isolate you and they make you to self-destroy. Take a knife. Start cutting. Take a joint. Start smoking. And you see the person. Just drink that. The man of God today, he says demons told him to cut his fingers. They made him light a candle. After he lit the candle, the demon says to him, put your fingers in the candle. He says he put his fingers, he saw his fingers burning, he couldn't remove his hand. The smoke started coming, the fingers are burning, he can't remove the hand. It's another person that came and pulled him out of there, he lost three fingers forever. self-destruction. Father, deliver us from all forms of self-destruction. Be it spiritual, mental, financial, economical, bodily, at any level where we are engaging in destroying ourselves. Father, give us the authority today to start fighting these demons and to start casting them out in the name of Jesus. Let's quickly close this. Six, demons make people uncontrollable uncontrollable. If you've been listening to what I've been saying, Mark 5, 3 and 4, the man, no one could bind him. Not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains were pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. A person that is under the influence of evil spirits is uncontrollable, unleadable, unsubmissive, undirectable. Evil spirit by nature hates authority. That's what brought about Satan down here. He didn't want the authority of God over him. So he didn't want to be led. And when somebody is not leadable, usually there are evil spirits there. 
Most of the time. You cannot control the person. You cannot say do this and they do. No, 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 no. They do what they want to do. They change your words. Nobody can pastor them. Nobody can be their husband. Nobody can be their wife. My God. You cannot control this person. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject to governing authorities. But this guy is not governed by anybody. You see, when you reach the level where nobody can talk to you, you have entered a new dimension. Like your father cannot talk to you, your mother cannot talk to you, your pastor cannot talk to you, nobody can talk to you. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with you. Something is wrong. Nobody can lead you. Nobody can direct you. You are submitted to nobody. Even when people bring serious uh, chains, you break and you go. A child in the house, you don't follow others, you don't listen to your father. He says, Don't go, you go. Don't listen to this, you listen to it. Don't watch this, you watch it. Ah. No, there are demons there, my friend. You are not alone. Let me tell you that one. John 8, verse 49. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon. I honor my father. Where there are demons, there's no honor. There's no respect. There's no honor. Satan fights authority. When you are fighting authority, listen, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm showing you the Bible. Chances are you have parents. And they are working in your mind. You are thinking in a certain way. You are feeling people are taking advantage of you. You are feeling people are abusing you. You are feeling you, nobody's going to abuse you in this life. Those are the thoughts that are going on in your mind. And those thoughts are making you to resist authority. But what you don't understand is that those thoughts are fortifications and strongholds that Satan has placed in your mind to make you unleadable, unguidable, and therefore a bound to fail. Number seven, demon calls people to cry. All night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs crying out. Crying. Oh, let me, please, you can write this somewhere in your life that wherever demons are, somebody will cry. Sooner or later, somebody will cry. If demons are somewhere, soon or later, somebody will cry. Somebody will cry. And because that's the fun pleasure in the pain of humans. Somebody will cry. Other your children will cry. Your mother will cry. Your wife will cry. Your husband will cry. But somebody will cry if demons are somewhere. Or yourself you will cry. You will cry. Hmm? How many children of drunk class are crying? How many wives are crying? How many husbands are crying? Demons enjoy. You must cry. You shall cry no more. Amen. I see God bringing joy back in our lives. Amen. Sorrow might last for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Amen. 
as you are fighting these demons, there will be joy in your house. The Bible says that rejoicing shall not leave the tent of the righteous. Therefore, I decree and declare, there will be joy in your house in the name of Jesus. Lastly, demons cause people to lose dignity and respect. Certain man from the city had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes. You see a person, a human being, a, a man without clothes. What do you think that is? It's a loss of dignity, my friend. That's what they want. They bring shame and reproach. They want you to be pregnant out of wedlock so that people will laugh at you. And that your little noise you were making becomes zero. They want people to hear your story, Pastor, that you fell. And they want it to be publicized. Shame and reproach. They want your neighbors to be laughing every night as you are entering, looking like somebody under the influence of electricity. Children are laughing at you on the streets because you can't find your way. No dignity. At the place where you work, you are the talk of everybody's mouth. How you have reduced yourself to nothing. No respect because they know you slept with that one, you slept with that one, you did this with that one, and they all know about your story. No respect again. They work to make sure you lose value. You lose value. You lose your respect, your dignity as a woman. When you walk out of your house, and you know that you are dignified. You can walk tall. And they don't like that. They want a few people on the road to take you down. Oh, yes. They understand that if your mind is sound, you're going to work well, you're going to save money, you're going to buy a house, you're going to fix your life, and you will have dignity. No, they don't want your mind to work well. They want you to remain a beggar. A puppet. That every day you have to ask this one for hands out. You have to ask that one for hands out. You have to ask this one for help. So that you don't have dignity. Do you understand what is at stake? I've broken it down for you. By the help of the Lord. This man, by God's grace, oh, you will be helped. You will be helped. You are already being helped. (laughs) You see, because you thought it's a joke. This series is just, 
I mean, we're going to have fun. The demons will be flying around. They will indeed. They will. And these are three things Jesus did to get the demons flying. Number one, get delivered. There must be deliverance at some point in your life, my friend. If you like, just continue moving around the way you want. But when you can see that there are natural things going on in my life, you need to have somebody who will say, and he said to him, come out of the man and clean spirit. That's where the, the, the work of freedom starts. Deliverance. Come out. Somebody must speak and say, come out. It can be a pastor or it can be yourself because Mark 16, 17 says you will cast out demons. Number two, get discipled. Number one, get delivered. Number two, get discipled by the word. They find the man sitting down in his right mind. After the demons have left, you need to start fixing the mind. You need to start working on the mind. Romans 12 is true. Do not conform to this world. Be renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are not renewing your mind, it's a matter of time. We learned last week, the guys are coming back. They are coming back. They are coming back. So number one, get delivered. Number two, Get discipled. Number three, get deployed. Get deployed. That's the last part. God showed me this, and I didn't know about this one. I only knew about get delivered and get discipled. But the Lord showed me you get, you see, after you are a, a, a disciple, you must not be deployed. A disciple is a soul winner. Get in the work. The same man. After the demons left him, he begged Jesus to stay. Jesus said, no, no, you don't need to stay with me. Go to your people. Start preaching. Get in the work. Brothers and sisters, that's how we stay free. We stay free by helping others to be free. We are alive to give life. We don't get delivered and we say, these people that get delivered, they get disciplined and they sit in the church. It's a matter of time. You are back. You are back. Get in the work of God. Go preach somewhere. Go tell somebody, Jesus has set me free. Because it is by the words of your testimony that you are overcoming the enemy. Don't sit with the testimony. Don't close your mouth. Go out there and tell somebody, look, I was like this. I was like this. Jesus has set me free. But you see, you are having that demon of respectability. It's making you to not break out. But this morning, by the grace of God, some of you are being delivered. Some of you are being discipled by the word. And some of you are being deployed. Stand on your feet and begin to thank God for this word.
Start thanking God for this word this morning. We thank you for your word, O God. We thank you for your word, O Father. You are being delivered. Lord Jesus Christ, that has come to set us free, that has come to deliver us, that has come to show us the truth so that we may be set free, O God. We thank you for deliverance. You are praying, you are praying this morning. You are praying this morning. Deliverance, discipleship, and deployment. Don't sit in the church. It's a big, it's a big mistake. You cannot sit. If you sit, the demons will find their hands clean but empty. You better get busy with the work of God, my friend. Oh, the madman of Gadara. He was delivered, he was discipled, and he was deployed. He made your way in the Decapolis. He went to ten cities preaching the gospel. What are you doing? I see you coming out of that place. I see you casting out those demons. I see you taking authority. I see you going to the word. I see you listening to messages. I see you developing your spirit. And I see you being deployed. You are deployed. You are not sitting anymore. You are rising and you are shining. Oh, give Jesus praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for freedom from oppression. Thank you for revealing to us during this series the activities of demons and how to stop them. Thank you, Father. Take all the glory. Father, bless this word in our lives. We cover this word with the blood of Jesus. Satan will not be able to steal this word from our spirits. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Before I leave you this morning, I want to pray for somebody that is saying, Pastor, I want to start somewhere. The madman of Gadara, his deliverance came when he encountered the Son of God. Our opening and foundation if the Son sets you free. And it is the Son of God that set the madman of Gadara free. It is the same Son of God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's here this morning. And he can set you free. All you need to do is to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Dear brothers and sisters, if you are listening or watching and you are saying, Pastor, I am convicted by this word. I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to count up to three. You can raise your right hand and I'll pray with you. One, two, three. Your hands up. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be ashamed. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. This is your opportunity. Your hands down. Now you are watching me. You are already born again, but you have backslidden. You are, you are living a double life. You see those things I was mentioning? You know you are busy there. Listen. We are not here to condemn you. We are here to restore you. We are saying, Pastor, I want to come back home. 
at the count of three, raise your right hand, Pastor, I will pray for you. At the prodigal son, the Bible says he came back to his senses. He came back to his mind. Meaning he was demonized the whole time. That rebellion was not from God. He came back to his senses. May you come back to your senses this morning and make the right decision. You are saying, Pastor, I want God. At the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three, your hands up. God bless you. God bless all of you. What a blessing. I don't know when you're going to watch this service, but whatever time you are and wherever you are, just raise your hand. God is going to minister to you. You can take your hands down. Let us pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you today. I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. That I might be justified. Right now. Right now. I believe. I believe. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin. I am free from the power of sin. To serve the living God. To serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For receiving me. For receiving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For restoring me. For restoring me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life.